and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodewanik, and we are back after the week off for Thanksgiving break, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, The Gophers football team mainly had a very disappointing end to an otherwise historic regular season, and another sport, the Gophers basketball team, is kind of getting into their swing of their season and getting ready to start off Big Ten play here, so I kind of want to break down a little bit of both football and basketball today. So to do that, we have our assistant editor, Nick Youngheim, who covers both teams, and he is in studio for us today. How are we doing, Nick? You're doing fantastic, Paul. All right, well, make sure to check out all of Nick's work online at mndaily.com or pick up a paper at any building on campus. So I want to start with football first. Uh, We're just going to do some headlines. So yesterday, offensive Big Ten awards were announced the day before the Defensive player and coaching awards were announced, and predictably with a team that was in the top 10 for a while, they had some guys. So obviously, P.J. Fleck won coach of the year. Just the coaches, part of that. Ryan Day, the Ohio State head coach, won the media vote. And then Antoine Winfield Jr. won defensive back of the year, and Rashad Bateman won wide receiver of the year. So I think both those are well-earned. They were maybe our two best players, one on offense, one on defense. And I think we didn't totally know what to expect from either of them. Maybe coming into the season, they obviously Winfield was coming off the injuries and he did better than I think anyone may have expected. And Bateman kind of took off and maybe even like went ahead of Tyler Johnson in terms of wide receiver rankings on this team. And then a host of others made the all Big Ten teams. Tanner Morgan was on the second team. Carter Coughlin, Tyler Johnson was first team. And then a ton of offensive linemen on the third team as well. But I think the more interesting headline that people are worried about, concerned about, fired up about is the college football playoff rankings. They were eighth before the Wisconsin game. Wisconsin was 12. And then after losing to that team, they dropped all the way to 18th. So that's a 10-spot drop. I'm not sure I expected that much. Uh, Do you think that's a fair assessment? Do you think that was too far? What's your thoughts on that, Nick? Yeah, it was definitely farther than I would have expected, seeing as they were in the top 10, and they were, ever since they beat Penn State, even after the Iowa loss, hovering around that top 10 area to see them drop 10 spots was a little bit striking, but, you know, they lost by three touchdowns at home to Wisconsin, so they don't have anyone to blame but themselves for that, really. I think that the committee really frowns upon losing a big game like that by such a wide margin. Yeah. And watching the game, it didn't seem until that very end when they went to Tyler Johnson on two straight plays on third and fourth down and didn't convert. And then Wisconsin just marched back down the field. It was pretty close there until the start of that fourth quarter. So I think although it is a lopsided score, it maybe wasn't as lopsided as the as the score indicates. But yeah, it was it was striking to see them below some teams that had lost three games and some other teams that had, had some questionable losses like Notre Dame, um, I was ahead of them now, and probably that win that they had was kind of the motivating factor to put them above. But yeah, 18's quite the drop for a team that maybe beating Wisconsin is a top five team. So to see kind of the ebb and flow and how high they could have been and then how low they did drop, I think that was kind of another gut punch for all the fans a couple of days after the biggest gut punch of the season. What do you think their college football ranking now means for potential bowl implications? Well, I would say that being 18th isn't going to matter too much. From what I've been reading up on and from what I can gather, they're probably going to get that Big Ten four slot. 
So I think they will be behind Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. I still think even though they're lower in the ranking than Iowa, I think bowl selection committees will probably pick them ahead of Iowa. Um, the only real question with the Big Ten is out of the Gophers' control at this point. It's going to depend on what Wisconsin and Ohio State do in the championship game. Um, but with also Penn State idle, I, I can't see the Gophers moving up into maybe the third Big Ten slot. I think they're stuck right there at four for now. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Michigan, what they do with Iowa, and what they do with Minnesota, just because they're all really close in that rankings. They're close in the AP rankings, and a lot of times those bowl games can come down to each bowl kind of has stipulations about how often certain teams can play in certain bowls. I know Iowa and Michigan and have, have been in some of the bowl games that Minnesota is and those other two teams are kind of slated to potentially be in, so that could affect them and might actually help them, the fact that those teams have played there before because it could kind of open up a spot for them in one of those New Year's Day bowl games. Um, and it's looking like kind of maybe specifically in Florida, there's a couple games that they could be in. So let's just jump to that really quickly right now. Just what you would predict from everything you've gathered, everything you've read, everything you've thought about of where they may be bowling this year. Yeah, so based, again, on everything I've read, it's looking like the Outback Bowl is probably where the Gophers are going to end up. Um, as you alluded to, those bowl games have stipulations with the conferences they're affiliated with that they usually want five different teams in a six-year stretch. So the Gophers played in the Citrus Bowl in 2015, so that's still in that six-year window where the Citrus Bowl probably isn't going to want to take Minnesota again. And then the Holiday Bowl, which is probably where the Big Ten Five team is going to go. I've heard that they are trying to select between Michigan and Iowa right now. Um, Minnesota played in the Holiday Bowl in 2016, so that's also in that six-year window. So it seems like the Outback Bowl, which is the Big Ten Four slot, is probably where Minnesota is going to slide in, and they're they would play an SEC team in that bowl, and that's going to be a big question mark. I've heard everything from Florida to Tennessee, Texas A&M, even Auburn. So the SEC is in a situation where they could get two teams in the college football playoff, and depending on that is going to probably shape who the Gophers' opponent will be. Yeah, I saw an article in the Pioneer Press that was even, you know, there's an outside shot at Alabama, which – I think probably caught people's attention, but yeah, if LSU beats Georgia and then Georgia slips and then they'd be one of the teams and then you'd see where they rank Florida and if they then put Auburn ahead of Alabama because then Alabama's the four, the fourth top team in their conference as well. So setting up some cool hypotheticals that fans can think about. And right now, are we sensing that fans are thinking about bowl games? Are they still disappointed in what has happened? What is maybe the team thinking. I know we haven't been able to talk to them since right after that loss, but what is just kind of the mood of the fan base, mood of the team right now as we shift from what everyone thought was going to be a Big Ten championship week against Ohio State. People are going to be booking their flights for Indy, and now we're just kind of sitting at home watching Wisconsin do it again and just kind of waiting to see where they're going to end up. Yeah, this one is still a little raw for Minnesota fans. Um, Obviously, the Gophers haven't made it to the – Big Ten championship game ever. They haven't won a Big Ten title in so long, so to get so close and then to come up short, it obviously stings. I think it hits home for a lot of people, but I would assume that once people take a step back, and I think you're seeing it already, that people are realizing this Minnesota team hasn't gone 10-2 and two in a long time. This isn't something they do every year, so I think they'll look back at the 2019 season with a lot of positive memories. 
As for the team, they were pretty positive after the loss. They said they still have work to do winning the bowl game. A lot of the seniors, their focus is on getting the younger guys ready to step in next year. And like they said, they accomplished a lot of things they hadn't done in a long time. So even though it wasn't the result they wanted, there's definitely a sense both among the fans and the team that this program is headed in the right direction under P.J. Fleck. And we'll do more of this in the offseason, but when just kind of looking at who's coming back, they've got pretty much their entire offensive line coming back. They've got Morgan coming back. We'll see what Antoine Winfield does on the defensive side. That's kind of where more of the losses are going to be. Carter Coughlin, Thomas Barber, Kamal Martin. But they're not losing a, like a ton of offensive talent, which is kind of where this team has hung their hat. Uh, obviously, they're going to lose Smith and Brooks, but they are still they still have Ibrahim. They're still going to have Bateman. They're going to have Demetrius Douglas, Chris Ottman-Bell. So there's there's a lot, even though that this ended this season ended the way it did, a lot of these guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be back, and it's not going to be a whole new cast of characters where they got to start over. So, once again, the bowl will be announced on Sunday. That'll come after all the conference championship games have been played, and we'll know their fate, and we'll have a month to deliberate who we think is going to win that. And if they lose that game, then I think fans might really start to spiral, spiral a little bit more than they have. But if they come out strong, show that they're a force to be reckoned with outside of the Big Ten Conference, I think you have to come away with this season looking at it positively, even though you didn't get that ultimate shot against Ohio State. So now I want to transition to basketball. So a little different story for the basketball team. They are not off to an 8-0 start or anything like that. Like the Gopher football team is, they are 4-4 four and four right now, and they're just, they just wrapped up their non-conference schedule, and they just wrapped it up with their first win against a non-conference Power 5 team. They had lost to Utah. They had lost to Butler. They had lost to Oklahoma. Kind of all those Power 5 tests that fans had kind of looked to. And then they dropped a game to DePaul, who's a really good team that is 9-0 this season, and people are forecasting good things. So the losses have come to good good teams or major teams. There haven't been huge upsets, but still a little cause for concern considering this team was a tournament team last year. And the expectations weren't super high, but people were excited based on last year and totally haven't been met with that same excitement this year. But again, they won against Clemson in their last game out. So what worked well for them in that game? What can we kind of see that maybe is starting to round into form as we head into Big Ten play? Well, what happened against Clemson is Marcus Carr had his best game of the year so far, and that really helped spark the offense. He had 24 points and nine assists, and they were finally getting production at the point guard position, which is something they'd been lacking for so long. And having Carr to work in tandem with other guards like Kalsher and Willis, that's a huge boost for that backcourt, knowing they can have three guys back there in the starting lineup who they can rely on. And, I mean, they just held on to the momentum. It was their most complete game, their most consistent game. They led from start to finish. Clemson was never really able to go on a big run that – I've seen in a lot of other games this year with the Gophers that's been their downfall a little bit. They've lost momentum and haven't been able to get it back. I don't think Clemson was ever able to string enough buckets together to take that away from the Gophers, and they were just able, Minnesota was just able to build a steady lead and build on it throughout the game. Yeah, and I know Patino has talked a a little bit about he didn't forecast maybe the cast of characters he was going to have this season for this tough non-conference schedule. It's one of the toughest in the country's. Remember after the North Dakota game, he said he thought he'd still have Amir Coffey. He thought Eric Curry would be back. So 
what have they struggled with in those games that they have lost? And like, what is maybe holding them back from being a better team than they have been so far? Yeah, it's a lot of consistency issues right now. So free throw shooting has been a well-documented struggle of this team so far. Um, they're only shooting 63% on the year right now. That has to improve in Big Ten play if you want to beat quality opponents. And you can't be leaving points at the free throw line like this team has been doing. Um, Three-point shooting, it has been a lot better this year for this team. They're um, most three-pointers made in the Big Ten, um, which is a stark con- contrast from last year when they were dead last. They're fourth in three-point shooting percentage. But you can look at the splits at home in a way. The team shot a lot better at home, particularly in victories. They have shot over 40% from the three-point line in three of their four victories, and then in three of their four defeats, they've shot under 30% from behind the arc. So they're living and dying from the three-point line a little bit. Yeah, and that's something the Gopher fans have not really been able to say recently. It's it's usually iso ball penetration, getting into the lane, uh, kind of bullying yourselves in there and getting your playmakers the opportunity to make a play. So that's a little different to hear. Is this the start to the season that was expected, like coming in – what were fair expectations, and have they kind of lived up to those, or where are we at in terms of kind of where you thought they might be at this point? Yeah, it was tough to predict because they had so many unknowns. I wouldn't say that a 4-4 four and four start, seeing how they've played so far, especially considering the Eric Curry injury is particularly surprising. I could have seen them winning a couple more games, maybe being 6-2 and two at this point, but I think 4-4 four and four wasn't shocking necessarily it was definitely on the lower end though of what I would have expected sure and I kind of want to there are so many new faces that are playing in major roles for this team compared to last season so I kind of wanted to get your take on each one of them individually we kind of did this a little bit before the season going through each one of them but I want to get your player grades on the starters and the role players so starting with Marcus Carr I know it's final season, so I kind of wanted to get this in. We're all getting grades now, so we might as well grade the players too. So we'll start with Marcus Carr, and he's kind of been the facilitator on offense. The offense kind of seems to run through him, and when they when he does well, they they do well, and when he doesn't, they haven't done as well. So, so far this season, what would you give Marcus Carr? Yeah, I, I would give him a B- minus right now. I think consistency has been the thing with him. Um, he scored over 10 points in all but two games, so that's pretty positive production from him, although free throw shooting from him in particular has been a struggle so far. That's an area he needs to improve, but he did do so against Clemson. He bounced back from a DePaul game where he only scored four points to have his best performance of his career, arguably, against Clemson. And then, like you said, the he's the facilitator out there. He is 53 of the team's 131 assists so far, so... He is filling an important role at the point guard position and one that kind of they didn't have last year, and he's really stepped into that role and given them a new dynamic on offense. All right, and then next up is Peyton Willis, and Nick just wrote about Marcus Carr and Peyton Willis and their kind of connection. They both sat out last year due to transfer rules, so make sure, again, to check out that online at mndaily.com. But they've seemed to develop a connection, and he, again, has been kind of one of their best sharpshooters. That's kind of where they look to him. So how has he done so far this season? 
Yeah, I'll give Willis a B plus. Um, I think Carr going into the year was a little bit more talked about in terms of those transfers, but Willis has been really solid so far, leading the team in uh, three-point shooting at 38%. And he's been a little bit of a microcosm of how the team has gone. Um, if you look at his splits at home, he's shooting in the high 40% from the three-point line on the road. He's been much lower. But he, he definitely has filled in pretty well a little bit in the role that Amir Coffey played last year. They're much different styles of player, but he's kind of filled in as that sort of longer guard and been able to do a good job. Uh, he's fit right into the offense, looks really comfortable out there so far, and I think the Gophers have been pretty pleased with what he's given them. Yeah, and that third guard slash forward type player that they've thrown into the starting lineup is a returning player, sophomore Gabe Kalsher, who had a really promising freshman season, and you could kind of see the foundation being laid by him, strong, uh, deep-range shooter and good on-ball defender. So have those things continued, and where where is he at uh, so far eight games in? Yeah, he's he's gone off to a little bit of a slow start, but over his last three, four games or so, the three-point shooting has come around. So, yeah, I'll give him a C-plus right now. And you are seeing him make a little bit of improvements with his game. He's driving a little bit more, getting to the rim a little bit more, making it so defenses, you know, can't uh, crowd him on the three-point line too much. They have to respect the drive a little more. So you can see some new wrinkles he's put into his game, and the three-point shooting is going to come along for him. So I I think it was – you know, teams now having to defend Willis and Carr, too, as they start to turn around, that'll just open up more opportunities for uh, Kalsher along with what uh, Oturu is doing inside. So I think he fits right into this offense, and I, I, I expect his play to improve. All right, we're going to save Oturu for the end, but our next up, fourth up, is the guy who's been starting in that number four role for most of the season. That's Alahan Demir, uh, senior transfer from Drexel. People didn't really know what to expect with him, I don't think. I don't think he was supposed to start. He was kind of supposed to be the backup to Eric Curry, so he's kind of been thrown into a role that maybe he wasn't, or Patino wasn't sure or wasn't super comfortable with him being in, but he's had some really bad games. He's had a couple better games as of late. Where is he at currently? Yeah, I'll give him a C- minus based on the body of his work so far. He, he was thrust into a role that the Gophers weren't expecting from him. They wanted Eric Curry to be at that power forward position. So I think they took Demir in with the expectation that he would play a role similar to what Mott Stockman did last year, not play a whole lot. But if they needed somebody when one of their starters in the front court got in foul trouble, he could fill in for five to ten minutes, give him some quality play. But I think so far he's had to be out there longer than that and We've seen a little bit that he's not quite adjusted to high major competition so far. Yeah, and then the guy that started the one game he hasn't started was Jarvis Omersa. Really raw talent. Really didn't see much of him last year. Really only until the the NCAA tournament games when Murphy got hurt. Omersa kind of got thrust into a different role, and he's kind of had that same role this season, getting more minutes. And he had an encouraging game against North Dakota, but... Again, another up-and-down season where he's – where is he at? Yeah, I'll give him a solid C. Um, with Omerso, you're going to get a lot of highlight plays, very athletic. He seems to be good for one really exciting alley-oop each game. But um, you saw that game he started against 
Utah filling in for Demir in that one, and Utah jumped out to a 16-0 to start, and Patino was pretty candid as to why Demir went in the starting lineup after that. You, you start out 16-0 with uh, Omerso on the court, and I think Omerso only played about five minutes in that game, so went back to the bench pretty quick, but um, it's encouraging to see the response from a young player. Um, he'll be important to the depth moving forward, like you said. Against North Dakota, he had 11 points, 9 rebounds. That's Gophers will take that from him any day. So I'll give him a C right now. And then finally, probably the player that's been playing the best has been sophomore Daniel Turu. He just kind of seems to have taken a step up now kind of in that like he's kind of the guy down low. Last year he was second to Murphy, which rightfully so, but now he's kind of getting his time to shine. He's extended his game out to the three-point line. He's taking those, and he's actually making them. It's not just to keep him honest. He's like he's actually hitting them, and he's a bit of a threat out there. So arguably the Gophers' best player so far, where is Oturu slated? Yeah, I'll give Oturu an A. He's done everything the Gophers could have asked for him with the departure of uh, Jordan Murphy graduating. Oturu has gone to work down low, averaging 17.5 points, almost 11 rebounds a game. I think that's exactly what the Gophers wish to get from him. And like you said, he's hit 4 of 12 from 3. He's added that that to his game. Um, really looking like the most improved player out there, looking like one of the better big men in the Big Ten already. So Daniel Oturu, definitely the standout player from these first eight non-conference games for the Gophers. And the big thing with him is just to always watch to see, to make sure he stays in out of foul trouble. Um, that's kind of his Achilles heel sometimes, uh, getting fouls early, and then that really sets the Gophers kind of off for the rest of the game. So quickly, what should we expect now that they head into Big Ten play? They are ne- Their next uh, game is Monday at Iowa, a tough team right away to start the Big Ten slate. So what should we expect as they kind of get rolling against these conference opponents? Yeah, so interesting first couple matchups here in the Big Ten against Iowa and then against Ohio State um, next Sunday. Um, two of the better big men in the Big Ten they're going to be going against, which should be a really intriguing matchup for Oturu. You got Luca Garza at Iowa averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds a game, and then Caleb Wesson at Ohio State, another really talented center averaging uh, 12 points and about nine rebounds a game. So good test for Oturu. As for the conference at large, they had an encouraging week in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge, went eight and six, got some big wins out of um, Ohio State last night. Purdue as well knocked off Virginia, so they got some quality victories. I would say that there is some room for the Gophers to get some victories um, over some of the lesser teams in the conference, Wisconsin's off to a pretty similar 4-4 four and four start, as is Nebraska, who looks like they're still figuring things out under uh, Hoiberg over there. And then um, teams like Northwestern have a couple bad losses to mid-majors so far, and Rutgers might be a little bit improved, but still not ready to compete in that conference near the top. So I would say they're about maybe six, seven, eight wins out there for the Gophers, maybe a few more if they can pull off some upsets, but still not quite enough. I don't think that Minnesota could get close to the bubble for the NCAA tournament. Well, that'll be what we're going to be watching all season, and that's what Nick's going to be reporting on and covering on all season. So thanks for stopping in, Nick, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Thanks so much.
In other news, the women's basketball team has brought their winning streak up to six games after their latest win on the road against Notre Dame on Wednesday. The Gophers knocked off the national championship runner-ups, 75-67 thanks to a late charge and 20 points from Godiva Hubbard. The Gophers will look to extend the streak next time out against American on Sunday. The men's team took on North Dakota during Thanksgiving break and didn't leave the Gopher faithful with much to be thankful for. Minnesota was swept convincingly, falling 9-3 on Thursday and 3-2 on Friday. They are now 5-8-3 and and on the season. Their next series is this weekend at Ohio State before a three-week break. The women's hockey team fared better as they traveled to Nashville for the Country Classic. The women tied Boston College before taking down Harvard 4-0. They remain number one in the NCAA rankings. Their next game is Saturday against Minnesota State Mankato in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game in Prior Lake. Following that, they, go, they also go on break and don't return to action until January. The volleyball team earned the number seven seed in the NCAA tournament and will host the first and second rounds of the playoffs this weekend. They play Fairfield on Friday, and if they win, will play the winner of Iowa State versus Creighton on Saturday. The wrestling team lost to a tough Oklahoma State team 21-12 last Sunday. They continue to miss the presence of Gable Stevenson, who remains out due to his criminal investigation. The team's next competition begins on Friday in Las Vegas for the Cliff Keen Invitational. That's all for this week. We'll be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.